Hello, girls. What are you doing here? Huh? Moon Podcast Escalation! Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about why we love it so much. And today, we're going to be talking about episode 139 of Sailor Moon Supers, which is called Aiming for the Top, The Pretty Swordsman's Dilemma. And I have to say, it's a really good episode, except when it isn't. Yeah. (laughs) When it's definitely not good. Other than that, it's very good. So to help us talk about it today, we have invited a friend, a new friend of the show, uh, on to talk about it. Leah Williams is here. Leah, hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. We had some chibi episodes, which were fun, but now we're back to the business. Right, Jordan? Real sailor business. (laughs) Real sailor business. So Leah, what is your history with Sailor Moon? So I saw the dubbed version of the original anime when it was already, I think, in in syndication and they would show reruns of it at like five and six in the morning. And I was very young, very small, but I would still get up at like an unholy hour just to watch it. And as I got older and, you know had internet access. I went back and watched everything. And it's always been, it it just hits this sweet spot for me where everything about it is good to me. I can't tell you why exactly (laughs) it's good, but I just know like every time an episode comes on, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. It's just very dear to my heart. That's, that's good. I can tell you why it's good to you. It's because generally speaking, it's a good show. <laughs> uh, you know, I, although... I, 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 I don't know. I'm sort of, I'm, I'm starting to think we should have like some intrepid uh, fan actually go back and see what percentage of the show we like. <laughs> I've been thinking about this uh, today, this morning, as I was watching these episodes, season one. Great. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. It's got a it's got a couple rough spots. It's got some rough characterization. We've talked about that. Doesn't do Ray any favors. Doesn't do Mamoru any favors uh, that season. But season one, pretty good, top to bottom. Season two, rough, but has the best villains. They're good villains. They are. Yeah. Season three, terrible. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, no. Season three, great. Season no, wait, four, terrible. Season four, a trial, and that's where we are now. Yeah. That's where we are now. I don't think season four is all that bad, though. Like, I. It's tough, though. It, it can get a little tedious, maybe, with um, just some of the same, like, conventions week after week of, okay, we're going to trap this person and look at their dreams. Well, I'll tell you, I when I watched it the first time, I didn't hate it. I was just like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Watching it this time. It's it's one of those things where you know how you know how someone can just say one thing and that just completely ruins an entire thing for you, mm-hmm. like because you can't get that idea out of your head. Yeah. As soon as it was introduced, that the idea that the Amazon trio were sexual predators, it just destroyed it. 
So that was going to be my talking point. That was going to be the thing that I I wrote down that I wanted to bring up about this and what's different yeah. now that I'm like watching it as an adult. Because yeah, I, we we can get to that later for sure. But I, I see that I, I saw that on my own without anyone else ruining it for me. I ruined it for me. <laughs> well, I, I also think that is a byproduct of the tedium. Like tedium on its own, I can deal with. I watched uh, the Alan and Anne episodes yeah yeah but tedium where you're like yep here we go again with this very obvious uh subtext and metaphor yeah yeah <laughs> and we've had listeners who were like who when we started they were like hey i can't believe you didn't talk about this in those first few episodes and then the same people have been like oh yeah i remember it gets more apparent as you watch and boy <laughs> does it oh yeah oh yeah and I was watching, I was dreading every second of this episode once it started. <laughs> so uh, we have some other, some other introductory questions for you. Okay. Who is your favorite Sailor Scout? Okay. So I, I thought about this in advance because I wanted to be prepared for being asked this. And <laughs> I have sort of like a two pronged answer to this. I identify most as Usagi and Amy, I'm, I'm sort of the worst of both of them. So like, I'm a crybaby, but also nerdy and super into food and kind of territorial about it. But I think if I had to date one of the Sailor Scouts, it would be Sailor Jupiter. It would be Makoto. Oh, okay. So I think yeah. she's like my favorite, but I am definitely way more like Usagi. Well, how do you feel about uh, Minako, because I would say like Minako does kind of exist at a weird midpoint between Makoto and Isagi. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, I, I think because I, I was introduced first to you know kind of like the central core Sailor Scouts um, that they feel more familiar to me, and that's probably why I would still answer the same way yeah mina i mean again even though mina is a inner senshi like she comes in so late in the game yeah yeah she comes in late and she doesn't like we've we've talked about this she doesn't have much of a personality in the anime unfortunately <laughs> good old block of wood mina mina you know yeah uh so what do you think of uh of of the, the miracle romance of uh mamaru and uh and Isagi? I, I'm all for it. I'm all for any kind of subtext that you can put in it. Um, who is it that I think most fans ship Sailor Jupiter with? It's, it doesn't happen until much later and there's just so much that goes into it. Oh. Um, uh, talk, about, talk about Sailor Mercury? Because <laughs> that's, that's what we do here. <laughs> that's what we do on this show. Yeah. See, now, I know you haven't listened to the show too much. It, 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 you will, you if you like the idea of Sailor Mercury and Jupiter being together, Chris is going to be shipping that hard through the entire series. So you could, you've got nice, lots nice. That's good. to yeah. go back and see and hear him talk about. He says there's <laughs> evidence for it. I don't know. If you don't like that, then you're just not going to enjoy the show. Really. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's many listeners find that to be the most frustrating part of the show, but it is the hill I will die on. That the the, the ship. Yes. Wait for Jupiter and Mercury. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about it. Everybody always jumps on yeah. board with you, I thought. Are you serious? Like, everybody's always talking about, like, oh, Chris, you read too much into it. That's just, they're just friends. Like, I get it all the time. Wow. Nope. 
I'm dying on this hill. Oh no, there there's totally so much subtext there. And I am convinced it was built okay. into the show from the very beginning. I think there's a lot of like queer subtext with all of the sailor scouts yeah. though. And it might just be like watching it as a bisexual person. I'm, I'm like looking for that kind of thing <laughs> because it just makes me happy. But um, there's so many moments that now I see sort of like, gift and distilled into their essential components and passed around the internet is like see it was there it was there the whole time yeah i i have good news for you if you're a fan of subtext <laughs> I, I have good news about the 200 episodes of sailor moon that exist there's a little in there. yeah yeah definitely just a shade just a, just a tiny bit i like okay i guess our next question which is going to be very relevant in this episode how do you feel about uh chibiusa I, I think she's adorable. I like oh her. I, um, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, um, I, I just think she's, she's kind of a fun foil to Usagi and they needed someone more annoying and shrill than Usagi and, and she really fits the bill. So it, for me, it works for me. It works. I think I've officially done a full 360 on Chibi. A 360 Be- takes you back where you started. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is my point. I hated her at first. And then I was like, you know what? She's actually kind of not that bad. And she's good. And now I'm back to hating her. Like, I, How she's- are you back to hating her? Like, she's like, we're in the part of the show where I think she's very good. Oh, disagree. In in Again, because Super S is awful. I thought she wasn't so bad in like last season. But this season... Oh, I hate her. I mean, again. we'll get to it, but do you think she's bad in this episode? I think she's good yeah. in this episode. Oh, no way. Wow, okay. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm back to disliking her all the time now. Like, Why? Uh, yeah. Oh, because she's what so has annoying. She done? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, she, I mean, it started because she was mean to Usagi, and I'm very protective of Usagi. <laughs> Wait, mean how? You mean like when she was she ate? when she first showed up? When she first oh, showed up, it was oh, just yeah, like yeah. And she pulled a gun on her. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would, yeah. I would describe pulling a gun on somebody as being me. <laughs> Tried to steal her boyfriend, who also slashed her dad. Yeah, her yeah, dad. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> it's so it started back then, but and then again for a while, I, I was having a good time because they, you know I. I do. I mean, again, I think their fights are cute. Sometimes they they are humorous in the same way that I enjoy Usagi and Ray fighting. It's funny as well, but I don't know. I, I mean, it's probably because it's probably because of the plot of of Super S is just so. I, I don't. I find it okay, really well, unappealing. Okay. Here's the question: Do you hate Chibiusa or do you hate fucking Pegasus? Well, uh, yes. Listen, because yeah, that is yeah. the, that is the issue, my man. Yeah, but Pegasus is kind of all over her in this one, and so they're 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 too close together. The fact that and the fact that all she does is like call Pegasus all the damn time, and yeah. See, no. when I'm talking about like tedium in in this season, that's what I mean. The mm-hmm, same. Mm-hmm the same circle every single time and and pegasus in particular like whenever you need me just call my name and then he's leaving and chibiose is screaming after him pegasus pegasus and it's like okay well she needs you now like why are you running away you know what you know what would make it better would be if future pegasus told pegasus he can't <laughs> hang out with her <laughs> uh, you know what hard to agree <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I think Chibiusa herself, even in this season, I think his uh, like second timeline Chibiusa. Because don't forget, this is our second Chibiusa. Unclear. The, it's very. This is our second Chibiusa. 
unclear. This is I think retroactively makes more sense because she's from a bad future. No wonder she's so mean and and upset. Well, no, she no, she wasn't. She was from a good future, and her going back there is what was making it a bad future. No, she's from a bad future that she escaped. Uh, because in the future she left, all the like is when the uh, Dark Moon Clan is attacking Jordan. Uh, yes, for like the last like day of of her life, but the previous it's nine a- years slash nine hundred years, depending who you believe. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, there can be bad days. <laughs> that can ruin a whole future. We've yeah. seen it. Oh yeah, like like when people throw her a surprise party that she wasn't prepared for. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look, mm-hmm. yeah. This th- anyway, second Chibiusa. This is Chibiusa too. <laughs> yeah. If you really want to get technical, this is Silver Age Chibiusa. <laughs> I don't know. So this is so we can she, have okay, multiple here's the thing. Dude, she's not Cable anymore. She's X Men. No, she's Nate Gray. Yes. Okay. So you, uh, Leah, as a as a big X Men fan, you will appreciate. We, we we've decided that the uh, the Outer Senshi and Chibiusa are X Force because. <laughs> Yes, they come in later and go. We we're all about killing people. <laughs> they do. They do the darkest. Yeah, yeah. Extreme times call for extreme heroes, man. I see it <laughs> and I appreciate it. <laughs> and obviously, Chibi is Cable. Obviously, Chibi's Cable. She, she's <laughs> literally a child who comes back from the future, the child of one of the main characters. Uh, but now that is no longer the case. Now she is absolutely X Men. I don't agree. Also, X Men is the one from the bad universe. So. Okay, look, they're, I mean, they're, they're kind of all from bad universe. <laughs> Nobody comes back from the future in Marvel Comics and like, yeah, it's totally chill. Yeah, why would they come back? X-Men's not from the future. X-Men's not from the future? No. I mean, technically, neither is Cable, actually, when we really get down to it. Well, yeah, I mean, Cable's... Well, uh, X-Men 92 Cable is. We made that, we made that happen. We got oh, Cable yeah, that's right. Origin. But 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 regular Cable was born in the present, but so was X-Men. Remember, he's just from an alternate universe, all, yeah. uh, Age of Apocalypse. Oh, that's right. He's not from the future. Okay. Well, then she's still Cable. Yes. She's not Bishop. She didn't come back to, <laughs> she didn't come back to kill Minako. Who's the, who's the scout trader, though? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess it would be Hotaru. So kind yeah. Of yeah. <laughs> This, oh. this for like season uh, S and Super S TV is, a, is Bishop. Wait, wait, is Luna Professor X? No. I mean, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Especially if you count all of the sighing, all of the like exhausted sighs. I won't allow Artemis to be Magneto. That's ridiculous. No, <laughs> well, no, Ar- no. Artemis isn't Magneto. Artemis would be Moira. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I was gonna say Artemis is kind of Emma Frost. Oh, all right. So there's like, because Mina's kind of a separate school, <laughs> and Artemis is also a jerk. <laughs> Emma Frost is not a jerk. Well, what? Like, canonically, Professor X is a jerk, but Emma Frost is a jerk. She did try to murder everybody in her first appearance. She's just misunderstood. <laughs> I mean, okay, look, we're getting pretty far afield. <laughs> <laughs> no, business, I, everybody. I, I, I see it, though. I, I could see Artemis being Emma Frost. Yeah. Nuanced. Nuanced. Not just because he's a white cat. Not just because he's a white cat. Yeah. But it helps. He's got layers. Yeah, yeah, it does. <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, why don't we get to the real show? That, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we got through all the, the intro questions. 
right, let's get on into the episode. Sorry about your Saturday evening, Jake. <laughs> By saying that, you made it worse. <laughs> Just <laughs> no, le- look, leave it all in. Leave it all in. Okay, fine. <laughs> all right, so we're we're watching episode 139, which is called "Aiming for the Top: uh, The Pretty Swordsman's Dilemma." Jordan, yes, our pals at Cloverway, yes, they're good. H. Friends. Reginald Cloverway and Associates, uh, yes, of course. Did they look at that title and go, perfect, that's exactly what's happening. Pretty Swordsman Dilemma, we're doing this. You know, oddly enough, they didn't. They came up with a whole new name. Let's see. Can I give you a hint? Uh, it's not a I have a guess. I have a guess. Let's hear it. Samurai Showdown. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, that's the name of a video game, but that would have been a good name for this episode. I, it would it would absolutely make sense, uh, but that is not what they go for. Making sense, they go for cheesy things. Let's see. Uh, is there a hint I could give you? I mean, it has to do with swords, but I, I, you're never going to get there. Uh, Blade of the Immortal. Yeah. Okay. It's not the name of another thing. Let's start there. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> That's there is a thing called Star Wars. And it's funny you said that because I do have a note in my in my things that says Star Wars. But um okay, imagine Chris, imagine you were in a sword fight, right? Okay. And the person that you're fighting slashed through your clothes but didn't quite get you on your skin. What might you say they had done? A close shave. Oh, you now you're really close. Now you're so close. <laughs> uh Close, don't push me because I'm close to the edge. <laughs> oh, God. Now you're farther away. Chris, they <laughs> called this episode Cutting It Close. Oh, that's that's not bad. That's, I mean, really? look, it is bad. <laughs> yes, it is. Nobody actually cuts it close no. in this episode. It has nothing to do with anything. So, yeah, here we are with, uh, with episode 139. Uh, and now I can load up the page that tells me all the other information. So I won't accidentally see the the... Uh, Cloverway title. This was written by Mutsu Nakano, uh, directed by Harume Kosaka. Uh, animation director was Ikuko Ito, and it originally aired on June 17th of 1995. Nice. And we open with, I mean, this is pretty good. Like I said, I, I genuinely like this episode, except for the parts I don't, you know? I, I figured you'd like this opening. Yeah. We get a, a, basically a samurai movie opening. Mm-hmm. Except that one of the samurai being challenged to a duel is a tiny girl. Best part. A child. A, a, a chibi musashi, like, if you will. Like, they actually start it, you know, trying to, like, trick you, I guess, or, like, to do, like, a pull a little trick. Like, they they don't show Tokyo. You, it looks like we're in the middle of a field back in time. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, like, oh, I've put in the wrong anime. <laughs> I put in the wrong anime. I put it into the Hulu servers. <laughs> but back in the day with VHS. Oh, no, the tape trading has gone all wrong. <laughs> and yeah, it's a little girl who uh, proceeds to destroy this, uh, you know, tough samurai dude who challenged her. Yeah. And then it pulls back. And just in case you missed that, it was kind of like a samurai movie. Usagi goes, it's like a samurai movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love her. She's great. Uh, and it turns out that this girl is living under a bridge in a tent and everybody's cool with that except Chibi. Chibi's the only one who's like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, this little girl is living in a tent under a bridge. She has a sign up that is like, 
basically like i will take all comers at swords and i will kick your ass because i want to be the best swordsman yeah, that's what it's called it's called taking on all comers at swords <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm an expert for sure <laughs> so yeah she is is defeating all these people who are, who are coming to challenge her uh and there's this little tent under a bridge and she's fine and then chibi's like hey you probably shouldn't live under a bridge yeah and she goes no i'm super into bri- th- that bridge line <laughs> no wait what are, you're you're totally misrepresenting what happens in this scene okay then you then you, you are it, you're 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 giving chibi much more noble intentions i'm sure she cares about the fact that she lives under a bridge but what actually happens is chibi shows up and says teach me how to be a sword person aka samurai yes and the girls well she does say she says teach me how to be tough and 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 the girl says no i'm i'm still learning i can't teach like that's not how it is and then chibi goes oh what if i feed you and give you a house (laughs) to live in and then she's like well okay so her giving her giving her a place to live is a byproduct of wanting to learn how to be tough. Well, okay, to be fair to Chibi, learning to be tough is the entire reason she's here. She's training. <laughs> oh, that's true. I'm just saying, you make it sound like she's like, oh my God, we have to help this girl. No, she's like, I have to learn to be tough. Oh, uh, fine. You can live in our room. I never thought that this this master swordsman was like homeless and living under a bridge. I thought she was camping like a traveling swordsman who just goes through all the lands, defeating everybody that yeah. she she challenges or that challenges her. Like I thought she was just you know camping. She's a child Ronin. Yeah. <laughs> I I think she's a runaway. Well, except that her mother knows exactly where she is. Spoilers. Except that her mother knows yeah. exactly where she is. But I think like her like her mom's obviously like keeping tabs on her. But her mom's whole deal is like like we don't really see it. Uh, because we only get like Chibiusa and Usagi's view of this of this mother character, but I'm pretty sure like the mom is like, like fine, you want to run away? Like okay, go live under the bridge for a week. <laughs> like we'll see how it goes. I don't know. We'll get. Like, well, I mean, we'll get to the mother soon enough, and we'll discuss her mothering in depth. I'm sure. Yeah. Either way, Chibi gives uh, Miharu is the girl. Uh, she gives her a a room at the Skina household oh, that Ikuko sets up. A room. It's Usagi's room. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. It is Usagi's room. Usagi's mother converts Usagi's room into a dojo for this girl. Yeah, but, but Usagi is cool with it. She she also says like, yeah, you can use my room. It's fine. Well, again, uh, not at first. At first, she flips out. But again, well, then when <laughs> when Chibi does the whole, oh, she was living under a bridge. That's when she's finally like, all right. Ikuko is Ikuko has a rich inner life <laughs> that we sadly do not get to see ever. Yeah, because I mean, we well, actually, you know what? I, there is a possibility that we haven't entertained, which is. Oh no, she doesn't have the Luna Ball anymore. I was going to say, did she brainwash them into letting this girl move into the house the way she brainwashed them into accepting herself as as their cousin? The, pa- the past is past, Jordan. You got to let oh, that sorry, go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Just because somebody brainwashes uh, people once, you know, you really gotta, you really gotta get over it, man. I mean, they're still brainwashed, right? Uh, I mean, something's going on. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure Isagi didn't sit him down and be like, "Hey, this is my kid." <laughs> Probably not, right? Probably. 
but they they know about it because they they still refer to or Chibiusa refers to Usagi as future mommy to, to herself. But in the family unit, uh, I, actually, I think the most recent thing is they've called her their her sister, haven't they? Or am, or am I crazy? I, no, I swear in in like episode. 133 134 I think um she because I thought it hadn't happened yet and when I was re-watching it she she says future mommy and oh yeah no, no. she has a special name for everyone totally no, no. but it was she, in front of Usagi like Usagi and Shibi absolutely they both know for sure and they'll talk about yeah. it even with the other scouts probably but I, I yeah, meant like yeah. with with Usagi's mom and her brother uh I'm not sure if they still think that that Chibi is their cousin or her cousin, or if they actually think that she's their. Yeah, I I I, I, I don't know. That's a yeah, that's a good question. It, it's it's part of this show crumbling under the slightest bit of. <laughs> so so they take what's the girl's name? What's the girl's name? Miharu. 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 So apparently, if you're a samurai, you're probably also a good cook, is what we learn. Because uh, Miharu goes into the kitchen and is like impressing everyone with her amazing trick vegetable cutting. Super good at cutting vegetables. <laughs> like applause garnering. Just real shit. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, my father died. My mom is, uh, is, is mean and tr- is trying to keep me from being the top swordsman in Japan. Uh, does she say that? Yes, she does. Oh, okay. Uh, can we talk for a second about Miharu's character design and how her headband goes over her hair without changing the shape of her hair at all? Yeah, sure. <laughs> she's got the you know she's got the the anime bangs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and then the and then they just they just draw the headband over it. It's not it's not the best uh, <laughs> animation they've ever done. It must be the loosest uh, headband in the world. <laughs> like she, or maybe just... she has like a curler or something underneath the, oh, the bangs to help it keep too. its shape. It's she's gonna bump know, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she's very concerned with how her hair looks. This she wants samurai. to be a samurai, but she wants to have some awesome bangs. So she's got to make some compromises. The scene ends with, with the awkward conversation Chris alluded to where she's like, yeah, but my mother, uh, you know, uh. mm-hmm. Uh, yep, that's uh. <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna cut some onions now, and then they don't do the thing where then you see that she's crying. Like I was like, "What? That's that's why you have people well, say no because they do that in the flashback." And her mom's like, "Hey, stop crying. It's just onions." And so she has moved past crying even when onions are involved. That well, that's weird too. And I made that note too because you're right. It makes it sound like that scene makes it sound like the mother doesn't understand how cutting onions works. Because the mother's <laughs> like, "Why the fuck are you so upset, kid? It's just onions." <laughs> it's like, what? No, that's it's it's a chemical thing. You can't. You think you're going to be the toughest swordsman in Japan if you can't even keep it together around onions? <laughs> That's not how it works, Mom. What do you think it's going to be like when you get your arm cut off? Jesus. Basically what she's saying. Uh, anyway, so from the cutting onions, we cut to a shady bar. The villain bar. Oh, brother. <laughs> now, I like this set piece. I think it's fun. I oh, like coming back here. The bar? Yeah, the bar is great. Yeah. Yeah. I wish all they did was stay in the bar. <laughs> all they did was stay in the bar and they just sent the uh the uh Lemures out to fight to fight the scouts. The Amazon trio would be great. 
they, w- they would be problematic, but we could deal with it. Sadly, not the case. Immediately on this scene happening, my note says, oh, Jesus. Yup. Because. Yeah. <laughs> not happy about it over here. <laughs> because it immediately starts with Hawkeye. Being a big old creep. Describing this little yeah. sword girl. In a way that makes everyone watching uncomfortable. Well, which is especially weird because, as we all know, Hawkeye is the Madam Killer. Oh, no. Am I? Oh, I'm saying the wrong one, aren't I? Tiger's Eye. You're right. It's, oh, Tiger's, yeah, it's Eye. Tiger's Eye. Tiger's Eye. Well, mm, yeah. I messed yeah. it up. It's, okay, never mind. T- then. Tiger's Eye is the one who always likes the youngest girls possible. Uh, uh. Um, actually, no. Hawkeye is the one who says the right thing in this scene by saying, man, you're sick. To yeah. Tiger's Eye. <laughs> Sorry, I screwed that one up. Yeah, they're they're bad guys. <laughs> they're just three bad guys. What happens here? They're they're talking about. Oh, you know, she's so petite. No, skip it. Blah, skip blah, it. Blah. Next scene. I'm just gonna jump straight to the next scene. All right. Next scene. So Miharu's <laughs> out practicing, and uh, Miharu's extremely hot mom shows up and just beats the ever loving crap out of her. Yeah, I mean, we think it, 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 it like a very smartly dressed woman just shows up with a sword to be like, "Let's fucking fight." Can we do a Can we do a fashion corner real quick? Please. And talk about how, uh, Mrs. Miharu shows up in high heels and a uh, hot pink mini dress. Pink yeah, mini-dress very body conscious with like some like some on on point on point body shape game <laughs> yeah I, the idea that she could fight a sword fight in that is pretty impressive yeah Miharu's hot mom character of the episode just gonna just throw that one out <laughs> oh depends what you mean by character of the episode like character to not become when you grow up oh, except there's a lot of those already <laughs> i f- george i feel like she embodies your parenting style oh get the honestly. fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> you're the one who's always like ch- children bleh. no i'm not like children blah i say children are stupid because they are but that doesn't mean you should be mean to them i'm not being mean to children i'm being mean about children behind children's backs <laughs> i i you know what i think uh mrs miharu is i, I think She's she's better than that. She at least has the <sighs> the the courage of her convictions to show up and challenge children to sword fights. So I, I think your view is compromised because she is hot. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, she is I, I, I think I think you're you, you are very biased. You're not being objective. So yeah, she challenged her to a fight. These are wooden swords, right? And then just wax her full face of makeup. By the way, yeah. Oh yeah, makeup. Wax her across the face with a wooden sword. This, this yeah. young girl, which again, we're we're talking about several. Times. I don't know, ten year old girl maybe. Yeah. And then as she's lying on the ground, beaten, she just keeps wailing on her with this wooden sword. Oh, you think you're gonna be a swordsman? And Usagi has to find sound effects and be like. Uh, can you stop beating this child in public? <laughs> and that's when the girl reveals, uh, Usagi, you might want to step off. That's my mother. Yeah. So, so step off. This is a, a shock to everyone involved. 
obviously. Oh, and then by the way, so then the mother goes, you can't even beat me. And yet you think you're going to be the best swordsman in Japan that yeah, you're good at this. <laughs> like, what? yeah, you're not like you're some- a grown ass <laughs> adult. You've been training for probably your whole life. This is a child, a small one, <laughs> very small child. So at least stop giving her brain damage. I mean, apparently her mother is the best swordsman in Japan. Uh, I would not doubt it. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. You would think she would be encouraging this. Her child is obviously a prodigy. No, I mean, again, I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But when we get to the end of the episode, we're going to have to talk about. Wait, what the fuck does she want, and why? Because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I don't want to. Again, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Her motivations are not clear. <laughs> Let's 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 go ahead. So to find out more about her motivations, uh, Chibi and uh, Big Usagi, Macro Usagi, go <laughs> over to the dojo. Well, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. First, first the, the the daughter tells her a bit about it, which going, and the daughter is the daughter's version is she doesn't want me to be a swordsman. She just beats the shit out of me. <laughs> she doesn't understand that this is I want to be stronger than anyone. Also, by the way. Uh, it was apparently my father's dying wish. Yeah. <laughs> my father was fucking on his deathbed and went, hey, listen, become stronger than anyone else. <laughs> Beat your mom. She sucks. <laughs> Beat your mom. Now that I believe. that That's the version of it that makes sense to me. He's like, he's sitting there dying because the mother beat him to death. Yeah, yeah. Do you think? And he's like, avenge me. <laughs> Do yeah. you think that Miharu's mom killed her dad in a duel? <laughs> Maybe not a duel, but, like, for sure he's dead because of something she did. Okay. All right. She was like, you think you're going to be the best husband and you can't even beat me? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Usagi and Chibi are standing at the dojo screaming at it, which is very funny. (laughs) This is probably the best part of the episode. It goes on so much longer than you think it will go on. yeah. And then Mrs. Miharu comes up the stairs. Casually walks up with this yeah. bag of groceries. Here's what's great. As far as we know, like, she lives in this dojo. She does not appear to have any other job. This is her going to get groceries outfit. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is her only outfit. No, no. She'll be in another outfit soon. You'll see. You said that in a very uh, enticing way. Jordan. No, I wasn't trying to be enticing. And in fact, the next outfit is her least enticing outfit, considering the thing she wears. Well, I feel like th- this is her civilian clothes outfit because she did the sword thing and and in it, and she's buying groceries in it. Like we've seen her in this dress a lot, but maybe it's just the timeline that I'm thinking of. Like this is just a day, a day in the life of this really crappy mom. I agree with that. This this season has oh. Oh wait, she's not the beautiful dreamer. Okay, I was I was gonna say this has some weird people, but she's not the target. She's just an, a, a bystander. So Yusagi and and Chibi ambush the mother and be like, "Hey, you're not nice to your daughter. Like you're she. All she wants to do is be a swordswoman, and you are really good at it. Why don't you show her how it's done rather than like just." beating the crap out of her like you could actually you know train her instead of just like you know making her ashamed of herself all the damn time yeah Yeah. and and her mother goes the the mother's response is to go man kids are stupid and then she pulls out her ukulele and false oh uh, my god and then goes and and edits daredevil i don't edit daredevil anymore so the joke's on you (laughs) 
<laughs> you just made fun of Mr. Devin Lewis. Oh, okay. Well, now you you fixed it. Um, no, the mother's response is, uh, go fuck yourself. This is between me and my daughter. Get the fuck out of our business. Yeah. Which is kind of the right answer. I mean, I'm, as much as I like Yusagi, uh, you can't go to a woman's house and tell her how to how to raise her child, uh, unfortunately. I think you can in this particular case. When it, when it's no! Like borderline child abuse, though, like... You call the police. You don't... Especially... Okay, but in this world, she is the police. Like, it is Usagi. She, she is the no. defender. If she showed up as Sailor Moon... Listen, that version of this scene, I am in favor of. If Chibi... <laughs> If Sailor Moon and Sailor Chibi Moon showed up and said, be nice to your child or we will punish you, that is a great scene. No, here's I'm what's great. Yeah. Usagi shows up dressed as Princess Serenity. <laughs> Not as Princess Serenity, but just our Usagi in that dress. Like, it's falling over her own feet. Uh, to her <laughs> as god queen of the universe to not uh be mean to her child in which case the mom would still probably be like fuck off <laughs> she'd be like, what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> okay, let's fight about it <laughs> i mean like, i like honestly i can't even this, yeah th- how do you think this is gonna go any other way anyway so she tells me oh by the way that and they also so this is a hint at whatever we're gonna learn this is about in the future they they say something like she's practicing with single-minded purpose and the mother's like yeah that's the problem yeah really makes you think yeah okay (laughs) so uh later that day or the next day or whatever the little girl is beating the crap out of a practice dummy by the way so this practice dummy she's fighting is at the place under the bridge where she does all her you know, fighting. She just travels with it. That's, that's yeah. How did she her, get like, it there? Caravan. I don't know. She probably made it. You know, it's it's just like logs and 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 yeah, straw. but she's she's tiny. She, she's gonna lug that big thing around with she's her. She's extremely good at sword fighting and every aspect of it. No, very single mindedly. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Some asshole shows up. <laughs> yeah. Then t- Tiger's Eye is in the house. He's dressed so ridiculously. Chris, do a fashion corner about this. I'd rather not. You have to. You must. Okay. With the Elizabethan ruffle collar. Yeah. Yes. That's the weirdest yes. part of it. It's very incongruous. Uh, he's got yeah, he's got like weird Iron Cross uh, earrings. Yep. What, he's, okay. He, he's got, he's wearing a lot of colors. He is a rainbow of a he's man. Got a lot going on. Yeah, nothing matches. <laughs> no, no. The hat's weird. What? It's, it's like a wicker hat or something, right? Like, a, well, something I don't like know that. if this is an accurate. Look, I've read. Like, I know nothing. I'm just a dude who's read a lot of Usagi Ojimbo. That's all. But the hat does not look correct. No, and the especially the Elizabethan collar. It's got like a like hot air balloon panels. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's colored like a hot air balloon. He's got a deep V. Oh yeah. With like, an, like very clearly wearing a tank top under his samurai. Outfit. Yeah, he's got kind of a lacy camisole under it. Big bow, uh, pale blue uh, outer robe, red inner, green pants. The the collar is what's really. He would look not not fine, but he would look understandable without the collar. Yeah, the collar is insane. Uh, so then he he shows up, does magic. <laughs> 
to absolutely no reaction. He's like, yeah, hey, what's he's a, a makeup tea? artist, so he's got some close-up magic going. <laughs> yeah, he summons a teapot out of nowhere, or a teacup out of nowhere, and she's just like, yeah, no fucking, no tea. And then he like makes it vanish. She's totally unimpressed. It's because she's pursuing sword fighting with single-minded determination and focus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. Then he tries to hit her with the one, two, three. And this is where I thought, like, maybe, maybe this episode was not so bad after all. Because he tries to bring up the 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 board behind her, and she like notices it and turns around, uh, and it just like goes back underground. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, okay, I guess, I guess that's not gonna work." <laughs> so noticing it stops it. I, I don't know why. I think I don't know. Like again, who knows how the Amazon trio works? I don't. <laughs> So then he goes, all right, I should have I should have guessed a Master Swordsman uh, wouldn't be able to do that. And he pulls out his tiger striped sword mm-hmm. and uh, they are about to fight. And that is when we reach Chris. It's our act break. That's the right one this time. Yes. Yes. Jordan. <laughs> yes. I ain't here for my health. Oh, no. What am I here for? Just for those dollar bills, y'all. That's right. I don't I don't care about anything. <laughs> no, that's that's not true. I enjoy doing the show. But if you enjoy listening to the show, you can support it. Jordan, why don't you tell them how? All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash sailor business. And there you can sign up to uh, give a, a monthly amount of money uh, to the show. As little as $1 absolutely helps and is super awesome of you. Uh, if you go more than that, at $5, you'll sometimes get uh, behind the scenes audio, things like that. And uh, at $15, you get a sailor business. I almost said sailor moon pin, but it's a sailor business pin of tennis ball sailor moon. It's adorable and awesome. And everybody wants it. That's true. Actually, everybody does want it. Um, we still have not decided on a, a, a pin for this year. Uh, I think that's probably going to be summer when that happens. Uh, but I think we are going to make one, right? Yes, like we, like yes. we've had a lot of response from people who are like, "Oh, hey, don't like." I really want that tennis ball Sailor Moon pin. But I think we've got enough where that's not going anywhere. And look, just we give can an always make more. Uh, we're we're probably just going to give you an option. So the second one's probably going to be a Xena pin. But we'll we'll see. We shall see. Uh, but if you want to uh, support the show, get access to uh, good stuff like that, then you can join these people uh, like Dion Baker. Thank you very much, Dion. Lindsay Collette. Thank you, Lindsay. Robin Lynn Toll. Thank you, Robin. Much appreciated. Uh, we've got Tom Hardman. Thank you, Tom. And that's it. That's all for uh, for this week. Cool. And of course, if you uh, <laughs> want to support the show, but look, we know it's tax time. We know what's up. If you want to support the show non-monetarily, you can always uh, give us a, a rating or review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you find this podcast, or just tell a friend about it. Uh, tell a friend who likes Sailor Moon, hey, you might like these people talking about Sailor Moon, even though they seem to complain an awful lot. <laughs> it's a sign of love. Yeah, it is. It really is. We just want Sailor Moon to be better. <laughs> <sighs> if only... Uh, so Jordan, do you want to do, do you want to do, let's say three Twitter questions? Okay. I'll give it a shot. Oh, here's a, here's a Twitter question. <laughs> Great. Really, really in the mood to answer one now. It's from our friend, uh, DF Pendris. And he asks, are you guys going to be okay? 
Oh. Will you get through Super S unscathed, or is Chris going to have to have a Tim Burton Joker moment where he just looks at a mirror and laughs wildly before destroying an art museum? Man, I don't know. I don't. I don't like. I don't know if we're gonna make it through this one. All right. In all honesty, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. Uh, we'll we'll make it though, uh, because because uh, uh, all we have to do is assure Chris that Sailor Stars is going to be exactly what you're expecting from Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like that was a lie. <laughs> I feel like maybe you lied to me. Sailor Stars is pretty interesting. (laughs) Here's another question from Asma Fangirl. Since I realized the same actor voices both characters in the Latin American Spanish, how much better would Sailor Mercury be if she if if she was reincarnated in Akane Tendo instead of Ami Mizuno? Uh, Akane Tendo is from Ranma. Yes. Oh, do you not know Ranma? Uh, I've got the Viz sent me the the DVD of the movies. Interesting, but that is I do not have much familiarity with Rama. I just watched all of it for the first time like last fall. It was a joy. You liked it? I yeah. do know our good friend uh, Betty Felon had a very cool and very bizarre shirt uh, based on a, a kind of Nintendo shirt. Oh, what did it? What was it? Uh, it was. Let me look. Let me find it. I'll go to. I'll go to her Instagram. Um, it was a black shirt with white writing. Uh, here, go, go ahead. I'll find it. Akane Tendo, first of all, rules. Let me just tell you, I, the, when I first watched Ranma or got into Ranma, I was, I don't want to say I didn't like her, but like she's like one of the main characters. So I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like all the quirky, weird characters are more interesting. But this, when I rewatched it, kind of actually right after the, my Sailor Moon rewatch, probably like five, six years ago, I really liked her so much. I was just like, oh, she is terrific. She's so... She's got so much like tenacity to her. She's awesome. The thing about the Ranma cartoon is first two seasons rule. Third season, they stopped having a narrative. Okay. Yeah, like the first two seasons, there's like a plot like that is progressing. Like they're meeting new characters. They're adding new twists to the, what's going on. It's not an intrigue or anything. Like it's, it's, it's still a comedy. It's like, it's a sex farce. Let's be honest. A sex yeah. farce, uh, um, a martial arts. But with season three, they just went, you know what? Nobody cares about the ongoing plot. Let's just do random shit every episode. And that's what they did. And I was like, ah, oh, this is not as good. Betty shirt says OD of bourgeoisie milk boy milk, I which have... is a uh, shirt that Akane Tendo wears in a chapter break. Oh, of okay. Rama. That makes sense now. Yeah, it's very <laughs> weird. But Rama is a great show. And actually, I really like the manga. The manga is, I think, better than the show. Hmm. Anyway, uh, let's see. One more question. Yeah, here's one. Can can you pitch us a Pegasus plot that would actually be dot dot dot? Well, good is off the table, but palatable. <laughs> I mean, like yeah, yeah, you can do a ton of stuff with a magical Pegasus unicorn. All right, pitch us a Sailor Moon meets Pegasus that isn't totally awful. Wait, I know okay, Pegasus I got one. Live in... Okay, go oh, ahead. let's hear it. Let's hear it. I got one. So, Pegasus can only live in dreams, right? Sure. What if it hurt the host? What if it had like a degenerative effect on whoever was hosting him? Pegasus parasite. Yeah. So they ended up in these like very happy, blissful comas where they're just having beautiful, lovely dreams and they stay that way for the rest of their life. So he would have to keep hopping from host to host if he, you know, had a conscience and didn't want them to like end up vegetables or 
if he like liked where he was and did want to kind of camp out in somebody's subconscious, he would be like, okay, well, this is mine now. I'm going to colonize this. <laughs> wow. That'd be uh, after. I don't know. Like, I think it might be fun if like Pegasus was hiding in a different scout's dreams every time and so you got to actually see what their dreams were like you want to actually see the dreams yeah Yeah. and so like instead of like the weird tie you up and pull out your mirror and shove my head in there thing they were doing like maybe they just had to like go into a dream world uh, yeah yeah like nightmares that'd be fun (laughs) yeah i'm actually that would be way cooler kind of like it would be sort of a sailor moon nightmare on elm street i'm into it yeah yeah for sure a nightmare in Juban. Hey, Jordan, can we talk about how a couple weeks ago you said that you liked having nightmares? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great, right? No, that's in, that's the most buckwild thing I've ever heard. And everyone I told about it, which is a lot of people, uh, agrees with me. <laughs> Wait, like you... What, what I said was, I said... Where do you hear this, Leah? <laughs> <laughs> I okay, said I'm nightmares right. are fun because it's like a free horror movie. That... That's a good point. And See, okay. is, it, is it though? No, it I mean, I I get a lot of my writing ideas from dreams and that includes nightmares. So so I have to like give nightmares props for for really fucking with my subconscious and and leaving the worst kind of visual imagery that my brain can summon, you know? Would you say that they're fun? No. I should clarify. But they're they're useful. Uh-huh. Okay. There are kind of two kinds of nightmares in in my experience. Uh-huh. And one of them is is worse than the other. Like the the bad kind is the kind where it's it's really emotional uh and it's like really about a thing that like you know, like someone you love dying or something like that and you wake up and yeah. then you're like affected and you're like, "Oh, like I feel sadness." that is going to stick with me, even though it's not real. But like, that's to me, and then maybe this is just me percentage wise of nightmares. That's a very low percentage. Most nightmares are like some crazy bullshit that when you wake up, you go, what? Why was I, why was that scary? Like, that's ridiculous. That, that was preposterous. Yeah. Yeah. That's completely my experience. Yeah. Then, then you're like, yeah, who cares? I'm not actually scared of whatever bullshit that was because that was nonsense. It was, I was just dreaming that I was afraid. <sighs> oh my God. Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through our Twitter uh-huh. and uh, David A. Brown posted a bunch of pictures. I, I'm retweeting them so you can look at our timeline. He posted a bunch of Twitter uh, uh, pictures from the Sailor Moon store. Yes. And he posted uh, some pictures of the tea sets that they sell there. Mm-hmm. And the tea sets are, <laughs> well, he wrote the three canon couples of Sailor Moon. Because yep. there's oh a Mercury and Jupiter, a tea set that has <laughs> Mars and Venus, and then a tea set that has nice. Tuxedo Mask and Chibi. Best one. Best one. <laughs> yeah, man. But that's pretty it's good stuff. It's good stuff. All right. So uh, is that it? Are we are we done with Twitter for the day? For, for, for this episode. Yes. Hey, everybody. Remember, be done with Twitter for the day sometimes. <laughs> oh, wow. That just, got you know, real. Just, just throwing that out there. Be done with Twitter. That got real. <laughs> 
you know, now that we're getting back into the episode, I kind of wish like I'd let Twitter questions go on for a while. <laughs> but there's no there's no way around it. Sometimes you just got to get through it. So a little girl is about to fight a sexual predator. It's, okay, okay, we could have we could have phrased it a different way, but I mean, <laughs> yes, that's what's going on pretty much. And he's cheating. Yeah, yeah, he's he's using his tiger's eye magic to to cheat, even though she's fighting like perfectly. Yes, I kind of love the spinny sword effect that he does. So he's like spins his sword and he throws it up in the air, spinning, and then it lands and slows down. And you see that the sword has like morphed into like a sword with like eight blades with three handles, yeah. and so yeah. it looks more impressive when it spins. <laughs> Then he lunges at her, and she dodges perfectly, and so his sword extends and tags her. And she's like, what? That's not possible. How can this be? I, I had perfect spacing. And so then he just pretends like, yeah, I'm awesome, and now I'm going to leave. And then she she does the whole, wait, master, can you teach me? Yeah, yeah. Because he's reading, he's reading a book. He's reading a samurai book, which is actually pretty funny. He's reading a book, and she is absolutely following the script. And then uh, he tries to say that he was trained by, or he, he uses the style of Miyamoto Musashi, who is, of course, the extremely famous uh, Japanese swordsman. Uh, swordsman slash, uh, like, almost folk hero, but, like, definitely real guy. But legendary, legendarily famous uh, swordsman, who once uh, attended a duel, left his sword at home, so he carved a sword out of a wooden boat oar and still beat the guy he was dueling. Wow. <laughs> That's probably the most famous Miyamoto Musashi story that I know. But he's also like a fake geek girl, fake sword great geek, because yes. he mispronounces the name and yes. she corrects him on it. Yeah, he says Takezo Musashi instead of Miyamoto Musashi. How, do, how does sure that is work? very funny if, if you look at the characters. Oh, okay, yeah. In I mean, a language we do not read. It must be in... Like that whole thing where they go, where like in Death Note, where they go, yeah, my name is is Light, but it's spelled Moon or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's Death Note, man, that's what the kids like. So, <laughs> I, no, that's what old men like me like. So shut up. Point is, <laughs> very rude to me today, Jordan. <laughs> I'm just here to talk about Sailor Moon. Have a good time. Yeah, you were zing you started it with a zing in me. Point is, yes. So, so Tiger's Eye is like, oh. Is that how you say it? Right. And then he quickly spins it and goes, yes, in fact, because his name is so similar to that famous yeah, swordsman. He, he makes up a different <laughs> legendary swordsman. And he's like, oh, you haven't heard of him. He's the phantom swordsman because everyone forgets about yeah. him because of the similar names. Uh, Which is pretty good. <laughs> pretty honestly. That's a pretty good bit. And then he says he has an unbeatable sword style and a wave crashes behind him. And the Toei logo comes up. Oh, you're right. And again, like, I'm sure this is very funny, but I would like to know why. Well, because of the Toei logo, right? I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, why is like why is it showing up? Is it just because, like, the waves are crashing, that's dramatic, and so they just put the, the triangle up there because that's what the Toei logo is? Sure, man, yeah. But, like, some if, if it's something different, please let us know, because I am very curious, because it seems like a pretty good gag. Yeah. Now, Chris, I do need to point out something kind of big. Yeah, man. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time that his bullshit has ever worked. Yeah, I think you're right. Because oh, usually yeah. he shows up and like tries to hit on women and they're like, yeah, no. He goes through all these elaborate schemes and then like all the women are inevitably like, what? 
And then he's like, oh, fuck it. Well, there was that time that he pretended to be like he had three months to live, and that almost <laughs> yep. worked. Almost. But even still, the girl, like, didn't dump her boyfriend to, to be with him. Shock and she's right. like, sorry, I can't be your girlfriend. You freak. And um, went on her merry way. Yeah. But almost. She did believe that he was sick. Like, this just full-on works because he's like, yeah, I'll take you out of my apprentice. And then she's like, cool. And then they walk off together. Yeah, well, okay. We kind of can't not talk about this part. Which part? I wish we we couldn't. But he doesn't just say, hey, come train with me. He says, uh, he basically goes, come with me into the woods where no one can see us. Oh. Which is like, (laughs) no, like, unavoidably like pretty mad creepy yeah i i guess since she is a really competent swordsman and could hurt him if if she potentially wanted to i'm a little soothed by that uh i mean one would hope yeah but uh fortunately when he goes to take her to the the park which has got to be it's it's not the park with the time travel pond it's the park with uh where fish fish eye was a fairy right, right just recently right Frankly. right and that dude was like, fairies, 100% real. Cool. Got it. <laughs> it's like, it's also where, where Maxfield Stanton's mansion was. I'm pretty sure. So meanwhile, Yusagi and Chibi are walking down the street. Chibi's fuming. And Yusagi is doing some, some hard thinking. And she remembers that beat where the mother was like, that's, the, that's her problem right now. And she, and she has a conversation with Chibi where she goes... I think that mother might be a good person. She's being mean on purpose. That's what good people do. Yeah, apparently being mean on purpose. So, Chris, but that's why everybody says I'm not mean to you because they understand that I'm doing it on purpose. He's doing it out of love. He's trying to toughen you up. I always feel worse when I'm mean to somebody by accident than when I'm mean to somebody on purpose. Like being mean to somebody on purpose, like I. I'm not in my 20s anymore, so I try not to, <laughs> generally speaking. Right. Well, that's. I think, I think the other option is being mean without ever even knowing or caring that you're being mean. Yeah, just yes. being a bad person. Just, just being a real piece of shit. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a distinction to be made here because, like, you could just be an awful mother who is mean to your, your daughter because you're a mean person and you just yell all the time and et cetera, et cetera. And Yusaki's going, hang on, I think she's, like, doing it with some sort of point. I think she's trying to and so chibi's like well what what is it what's the point and she's like i, I don't know i'm not a mother how should i know it's <laughs> <laughs> not exactly how it goes out but it's pretty funny. so then they, then that's uh, that's all like, yeah, man, my kids from the future i don't know <laughs> then we then we yeah we cut to the this uh this enormous park this huge ridiculous park uh and uh I just got to get through it. He, yeah. He's like, hey, close your eyes. Don't move till I tell you. Oh, Jesus. Uh, oh, we're jumping then, straight to that. Well, wait, first. Uh, for, oh, well, yeah. Fortunately, there's a couple sentry walking around. Yeah. Carrying a bunch of shit. Like, I, I don't know what they're laden with, but they have like their arms full of stuff and then are walking through the park. They've been shopping. Well, they didn't get bags. Well, whatever. It's fine. So they're walking through and they see them and they follow them. Then, like Chris says, yeah, he does. He says, just just stand there with your eyes closed uh that's when he changes into normal uh motley crew form <laughs> out here looking like blackie lawless before he, he got religion 
and gives her the one, two, three. She gets tied to the board, blah, 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 blah. He, he actually says, this is your fault for following me, which is so gross. Yeah. Like, I know that he's a bad guy, but man. The one thing I thought was kind of funny about this, because the scene is hilarious. I'm, no, not not really. But is that it, it all works even though she's really short. <laughs> so, like, obviously, the, the board is still, like, enormous. But now the, the, the manacles or whatever the fuck they are are, like, way down at the bottom. To The magical manacles. The sentient manacles. <laughs> and then her, the mirror comes out. And I don't. Do we ever see him having to, like, get down on his hands and knees to look into her mirror? Because presumably he would have to. <laughs> No, thank the Lord Jesus <laughs> and all of, all of his chosen sailors and she uh, for that. Oh, that's great. Yeah, a lot of times they show up after he's already looked into the dreams, but this time they got here before. Well, they get there like as he's doing it, I think, right? Because like they transform. And I think by the time they transform, he's done, right? No, no, we do. We see it. We see it. He has oh, to bend yeah, over fully yeah. at the waist on his knees. Yeah, he's like on his knees. <laughs> Oh God, it's gross. Oh, awful. Awful. And he's upset because obviously it didn't work. And he's upset because of all the effort he put in. This was, this was a difficult one for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he summons, a, a summons a Ayatoriko, the cat's cradle expert. And I'm going to call bullshit on Oh, this. yes, please do. <laughs> because... Uh, they are the Dead Moon Circus. That is their deal. Right. Every monster we have seen show up has been circus or circus adjacent. Yes. Yeah, but you know, at this point, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like they've they've run through a lot of circus imagery already. Yeah, you don't see, you don't go to the circus and see somebody doing cat's cradle. If you did, you'd be disappointed. <laughs> or it would better be like the best cat's cradle of your life. Like I bet you. I mean, look, if I saw this like this level of cat's cradleness, yes. Because it's very impressive. I bet you, but like, it's not a circus. I thing. bet you there's some Cirque du Soleil show where they do Cat's Cradle. <laughs> like I, but like, I mean, really like it takes up the whole stage. There was a Cat's there was a Cat's Cradle. There was a Cirque du Soleil show where they did a bunch of yo-yo stuff, and that was pretty impressive. Was it though? I mean, yes, obviously. <laughs> they wouldn't do it if it wasn't impressive. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> But but yes, I wrote down the exact same thing. Uh, Cat's Cradle is the circus thing? Question mark. Um, no. Also, I disagree with you on on the impressiveness of her abilities. I think it's pretty dumb. Well, I mean, she Jordan, real life. Okay, you you in real life mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. a person. It doesn't even have to be a half spider. <laughs> no, uh, no, a good. person. Doing cat's cradle, and then they throw the yarn up in the air, and the yarn expands to about a hundred times its original size. Yeah, I, I, and, and then it, it's like goopy. It looks like blood. Right. right. Uh, I would be impressed. I would be not impressed. I would be like, my worldview would be shaken because all of a sudden magic is real. But I wouldn't be like, oh, that's a good trick. Like that's a cool thing that you have turned. I would be like, that's a lame ass thing to do with fucking magic. Like do something cool with it. Not even, I'm not even mm. saying like, if you just saw it as a trick, like it would be an impressive illusion. Well, it's not an illusion. 
it's I'm I'm more disappointed in the fact that they have this spider creature, but she's she's walking upright on two legs, and so it just means she has like a big old spider butt, just a real big husky dumper back there with some <laughs> vestigial yeah. like spider legs that don't even function. This could be so much creepier. Yeah, it, yeah, it is as you said exactly. Vestigial spider legs—they are not hey, functional. Hey, Leah, good news. You're the first person to ever say Husky Dumper on this show. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. It's an honor. <laughs> <laughs> the first trick she pulls is almost cool, where she makes a fake tunnel and funnels the uh, the fire attack. The, but the only mm-hmm. part of it that's lame is the fact that then over near Sailor Mars, just like a little box is just drawn in the middle of the air. And I was like, what? That's kind of cheating. It's not cheating if she's a monster. <laughs> Monsters don't play fair. <laughs> they, they, they could have done better. They, every part of this monster could have been better. I mean, look, I don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think she's bullshit top to bottom. But anyway. <laughs> well, here's my favorite part of this season. Like, a, the redeeming aspect of this entire season to me is the Lemures because they're so weird and creepy, but this one falls a mm-hmm. little short. Yes. Yes. I mean, we should also note that Miharu doesn't leave by the way. Miharu like tries oh, to fight no. the monster. Oh, and it's and been a while does, since we've seen yeah. somebody do that. Yeah. yeah. She fights successfully. Yeah. And she, uh, she has a, she has a, a Obi-Wan moment mm-hmm. when uh, the monster uh, webs up her sword, Spider-Man style. And then uh, Miharu's like, like flashes back to her mom and is like, oh yeah, she told me I should not be so single-minded. And she just lets go of her sword and it bops uh, Ayatoriko in the face, giving her the chance to free the Sailor Scouts so that we can get a little bit of Pegasus in my life. That was pretty good. Although, wait, I want to mention another part, the part where they try to humiliate the monster first. Yeah. <laughs> because the monster keeps doing this this crack the cascade cradle tricks and then does this thing where it goes a one rung ladder a two rung ladder a three rung ladder a four rung ladder and then sailor mars is like oh yeah but you can't do a five rung ladder and the monster's like oh no i can't and he gets really <laughs> depressed Man, ray cutting as ever <laughs> For a moment, for like half a second, I thought that was going to be how they defeated the monster by making her feel bad about herself. But it does not work. Uh, yeah. I also do want to mention, according to uh, Wikimoon, this is the last episode where we will ever see Supreme Thunder. Hmm. Huh. Does Jupiter get a new attack? Either that or, or she just never attacks again. <laughs> she becomes a pacifist. I mean, look, who knows? Like, when was, like legit, when was the last time we saw bubble spray? Jeez, uh, I wonder why. How dare you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Anyway, so yes, as you said. Uh, Wait, she... is it true that if you heat a knife, the onions won't make you cry? It's news to me, but uh, give it a shot, man. I, I actually hate onions more than like any other food, so I'm not I doing it. That so sounds like weirdo. fake news. That sounds like some some real fake ass news. I don't know if that's real. Let's let's snopes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let's, okay, we got to do this right now because that's that's a tip we get from uh, Mrs. Miharu. Yeah, and so if it's relevant. If that's legit, then that is a thing I need to know 
because I love onions. It came up on this thing called Tip Nut. Ten tips for chopping onions without shedding a tear. Uh, first of all, they're saying to put the onion in the fridge for 30 minutes and or the freezer for 10 to 15 uh, cut it underwater, cut it with a sharp stainless steel knife that has been run underwater before starting to slice. Under hot water? Or, or, it just or says anything? water, because mm-hmm. the water will absorb, absorb the compounds. Okay. Uh, light a candle, and cut the onions close to the flame, because the do heat I wanna, will drop. Do I want to get romantic with the onion? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> you romance it, uh, fan, <laughs> chew gum, uh, trim the ends. Da, 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 da. I wear goggles. Like swimming goggles. Do you wear goggles when you cut an onion? Yeah. That is tip number 10. I don't 10. have time for like messing up my makeup when I'm just trying to chop an onion. I got I got work to do. You're like Mrs. Miharu, like full face of makeup to, <laughs> to deal with the groceries. <laughs> the, uh, the Huffington Post has an article called The Ultimate Solution to Keep from tear- Tearing Up When Cutting Onions. Let's see what it is. Yeah, yeah no, it isn't. None of them seem to be hot water or hot 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 mm. uh hot knife. Knife. so this is bullshit <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly it seems like bullshit do you ever hear about this thing about, hey, uh, hey, your mom's bullshit yeah, yeah sorry it's this is like crystals are real and you heat hot knives well oh my god <laughs> wait i'm gonna look up the lyrics to the fiona apple song called hot knife oh no, that's about a, it's about but, yeah exactly <laughs> Yeah, I, I was. So, oh, so I ready. actually looked it up. It's confirmed a hot knife cuts through butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Big if true. Big if true. <laughs> so we cut back to the bridge where uh, Mihari has been living, living that troll life, eating on them billy goats, <laughs> and she's gonna have another duel with uh, her mom, who shows. Oh, up. we skipped the. <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, by the way. They called Pegasus. And yeah, yeah. They, the Moongorgeous Meditation. Came. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, all, it always does. It always looks great. Stage out. Yeah, stage out. Done. Uh, so Miharu and Mrs. Miharu, who is now like in like proper samurai yes. attire. That's what I was going to say. We do see yeah. her in one other outfit. Yes. She rolls up and ch- charges in for the duel only to fall in a hole that Miharu has dug which is almost as unbelievable as Miharu defeating people in sword fights. <laughs> she falls in this hole that Miharu has dug, and that is how she wins this duel, through trickery. Well, she doesn't even really win the duel. The duel just stops then. Well, okay, if you fall in a hole, I think the duel's over. If you have the higher what? ground, Jordan, you know this. Well, I, I guess it sort of depends on how, what what kind of, if, if this is a life or death duel, maybe you're right. But like, isn't All she a are life and death, Jordan? Okay, especially between mothers and children. <laughs> no, because she's she, she, what she, the mother literally says is, "I cannot condone using such cowardly tactics in a real match." So presumably, like she does, like you know, judged fights, like like or, like, or, a f- or it could just be that she fights with honor. Oh, all right. and trickery. Wait, who fights with honor? The mom. The mom. Who who flacked her her little girl several times while she was already on the ground and like yielding? Okay, so maybe not. <laughs> that was when she was that was when she, when she was in her mini dress though. That was a casual duel. <laughs> so so this is this is this is this is where it all comes down. The mother's like, "What the fuck? I, I fell in a hole," and the girl's like, "Yeah, it occurred to me that you were right." 
like you always were like, I'm too focused on my sword fighting and not, I I need, I needed to like open myself up to other things like hole digging. Yeah. Holes. And so she's like, from now on, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to focus on my, of course I'm going to have, I'm going to practice sword skills, but I'm also going to like be multidisciplinary like hole digging again. I, what the fuck was the mother trying to teach? And what did she learn? And what the, can you please explain this to me? Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the mom now, because the, the motivations of that character were so unclear in the beginning. And it's like, okay, she's toughening up this child by being just a real bitch to her, but also she has her own motivations. And also she, she is disapproving of the, of her daughter's single-minded focus with sword fighting. But then when her daughter like does something creative and uses her environment to like win a duel, the mom is still disapproving. Except, well, except they go off yeah. together at the end and she's no longer letting her daughter live under a bridge. Which yeah, is I, mean, I thought she was a runaway. She's, you know, the way that she's holding her daughter is the way you hold someone when you're giving them a noogie. It's not exactly <laughs> like warm and tenderly. Well, I, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of halfway, halfway with you and halfway against you in the sense that I, I, I think we are learning that, yes, she's also just mean as well. But like <laughs> this is a happy ending, quote unquote, for the family. She is going, yes, you learned the lesson I was trying to tell you. She's then, a strict teacher. But then she adds, but don't fucking, but fight with honor. Come on. Like, don't, you can't fucking dig a hole in a sword fight. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. But I'm glad you t- took my lesson. I just don't really get what the lesson is. Sword fighting isn't everything, except it still is. You can't obsess over something to the exclusion of, like, just charging in forwards all the time. Except that it actually does work out pretty well for her. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. know, It's a weird episode. Yeah, like the mom chastises her for not learning the lesson, but also never taught her the lesson, never gave her any sort of direction with the sword fighting stuff. And maybe if she had in the beginning, then none of this would happen. Yeah, agreed. I don't I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. You were not brought upon this earth to get it, Jordan. <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of the episode. Uh, now it's time for us to talk about what we've learned. It's time for Sailor Business Says. Uh, <laughs> we'll start with you. What did you learn from this episode? So I learned that the reason you never um, see inside their dreams is because it is a rape analogy. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. By never showing us the dreams, we're not included in the villainous activity of what's happening. Ah, oh, see, Chris, now you should feel bad that you said you wanted to see the dreams. I almost said that earlier. I almost this particular metaphor. <laughs> I, I, as soon as you said that, I wanted to be like, you know, push his glasses up nose. Well, actually. Um, <laughs> I don't like I don't want the mirror at all. I assure you. <laughs> but but like in an alternate universe where the plot has a better footing right, and we right, are in right. the different Sailor Scout streams, that would be pretty rad. I, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. only if they're consenting. Yes, yes, yes. Cheapers, creepers. No, but really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, excellent. My I learned that if you're being mean on purpose, it's okay. How about you, Chris? I learned that if someone's giving you shit and you don't know how to stop them, throw their ass in a hole. (laughs) (laughs) 
How you like that? How you like living the whole life? <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, like I said, I, I really like the Miharu stuff. I really like Miharu's mom and her inexplicable sexy uh, clothes she shows up in. I think, it's, I think it's a fun episode, except for everything with the villains. Everything with the villains can uh, can go kick rocks in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Amazon Trio. You know, we haven't seen uh, their boss in a while, have we? Uh, no, we've not. Mm-mm. So long that I don't remember her name. Zirconia. Yes. Madam yes. Zirconia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there, maybe you, you guys already talked about this in an earlier episode, but like Tiger's Eye is a stone, a type of stone, and Madam Zirconia... They're all stones. I wasn't sure. Fisheye and Hawkseye are also stones, apparently. Are they? Right. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Oh yeah, if you if you Google fisheye stone, it's it's a thing. So many evil rocks. Closing out this how to cut an onion without crying tab. <laughs> it's all evil rocks. Oh, ooh. They're weird looking. It looks like mold. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Anyway. So yeah, I. D- d- good stuff yeah. that i think is uh inexorably dragged down by being a part of this particular season and it's nonsense leah any final thoughts on the episode um n- no no <laughs> fair. very fair I, I i think we yeah you, you guys are very thorough in your examinations <laughs> How about you, Jordan? I say, you know, Chris said he liked this episode. I, I don't think it's that good. So far, I, I kind of feel like, has anything happened this whole season that you need to see? Like, so far, this whole season is kind of a skip. Uh, yeah. I feel like the Lemures, especially the earlier ones, are so creepy, There are some though. cool designs. So You're right. Unsettling. Yes. That's, and that's worth seeing all on its own. That is true. But I mean, like, yeah, like, see, like, not, not my favorite stuff that has ever happened on this show. I think Diana showed up. Oh, yeah. 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 Where where the fuck is she? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are no cats in this episode. I forgot she existed. (laughs) There are no cats in this episode at all. Yeah. No cats. No time. Time. And I know you don't like that, Jordan. No, I love the cats. I want more of them. I love cats. Babies are dumb. (laughs) again babies are dumb but it's not their fault yeah they're literally dumb not not like they're a bad idea (laughs) (laughs) whereas you think cats are a bad idea i do think cats are a bad idea you should not keep them in your home i don't know why anyone he doesn't like cats he's crazy what what is wrong with you I, I don't like cats like i'm not trying to take them away from anyone but i, I don't get the point well, you did just say i don't think that yeah. we should keep them in your home <laughs> yeah no, i don't think a lot of things <laughs> but I, I don't think you should i don't know listen to nickelback or whatever but i'm not gonna break into your house and steal your uh house would, 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 would they remind me though <laughs> <laughs> well you can always look at a photograph <laughs> for the episode before we get out of here leah how about you tell everybody where they can find you online should you wish to be found i'm on twitter if you just search for leah williams you can find me and it's got links to all my other social media Alrighty, jordan how about us uh you can find us on twitter at sailor business uh 
You can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero instead of an O. You can find our producer, Jake Mason, at JJ underscore Mason. He has so many podcasts. It's been a long time since I listed them, but I'll try a few. Pokemon World Tour, Pokemon World Tour United, The Morphin Grid, Spectre, Hard Reboot, um, other ones. Kingdom Smarts. <laughs> Kingdom Smarts. What, anything else? I miss any? Mm, we should just make one up and then he'll have to do them uh he has one called banjo service he has one called collecting cans he has one called uh 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 cow farming (laughs) with with jake (laughs) where he gives you all the tips on farming cows (laughs) chris where are you uh, I'm going to be a guest on Cal Farman. Uh, this week. <laughs> uh, you can find me by going to the-isb.com. Uh, that is my website. that will have links to everything that I do, uh, comics that I write, uh, columns that I write online, and other podcasts that I do as well. Hey, um, I actually have to go update it because I have a new podcast that if you like this show, you might like. It's called uh, Apocrypals, and it's this but for the Bible. Yeah. That's it. It's exactly this. <laughs> Uh, me and Benito Sereno, we are reading the Bible uh, as as two non-believers who are trying not to be jerks about it. But but also not in order. Not in order. Yeah, we started with Acts. So Acts is up now, uh, as well as the Zero episode where we talk about our history with uh, religion and growing up in the South and growing up kind of around uh, evangelical churches and, and stuff like that. Uh, our second episode is about the book of Daniel. And we actually do get into the Apocrypha in that because there are uh, three deuterocanonical books that are essentially chapters of Daniel. So if you want to hear about stuff that may or may not be in your copy of the Bible, uh, then that is that is a good one to to listen to because we actually do get into it. That's it for Sailor Business episode 139. Thank you for listening. Uh, we will be back next week. <sighs> We'll be back next week for We Love Fashion, The Stylish Guardians. Uh, Listen to it or don't. I don't really want to be here for it. Uh, And until then, (laughs) keep your mind on sailor business. Game over that!